Hey everyone, I'm your host Matthew Johnson and you're listening to the Lifetime Podcast. This podcast is devoted to sharing people's stories and experiences. It's founded off the idea that everyone has a story to tell and that it's our experiences in life that both connect us with each other while giving each of us that unique touch. Um, So I hope you're ready for another half hour of random lighthearted conversation as well as some discussions about life. This week our guest is Scott Carpenter. Now if you listen to the podcast before, you'll know that we had another Scott Carpenter on a few weeks ago, but this is a new one. That Scott only had one T, this one has two T's, and happens to be the sports anchor and reporter for WLTZ. We talked about his journey to becoming a sports anchor, what his day-to-day responsibilities are, and what life is like outside of the workplace. If you have an extra 10 to $20 lying around and you'd like to support what we have here at Lifetime, go ahead and support us by finding the link in our description to our merchandising stuff with our logo on it. If you know someone with a good story to tell, send us a message on Twitter at LifetimePod, or send me a message on my Instagram at NJRyan1221, or on Twitter at MrJohnson1221. To catch past conversations, you can find us on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or Stitcher. Without further ado, let's send you on over to Scott Carpenter. Um, so we are here with Scott Carpenter. He is a journalist, a broadcast journalist, uh, sports reporter, if I'm correct. Yes. 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 All sports right. Sports anchor and reporter. Yes. Sports anchor slash reporter. Uh, WLTZ, Columbus, Georgia. So, Scott, why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit? Um, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about what your day-to-day activities are? Yeah, sports anchor reporter for uh, WLTZ TV here in uh, Columbus, Georgia. And uh, day-to-day, man, it's just uh, uh, a daily grind. It's uh, Right now, it's uh, high school football is uh, kicking off. We had some scrimmages last night, so normally... Just uh, get up and uh, get going and uh, prep the shows and uh, then get out and film some of the games and uh, gather scores, gather information, gather breaking news, um, and just try to present that in the best possible way that I can to uh, the people that uh, choose to watch. So that's pretty much just the the daily activities that go into it. It's a very uh, fast-paced sort of work environment, but... I find it fun, and uh, I get to talk about sports, so it really doesn't feel like work. I know you're from the Columbus, Ohio area, and now you are in yep. Columbus, Georgia. What is it about yep. Columbus that is so meaningful to you, apparently? <laughs> yeah, we're making the joke we're only going to move to uh, Columbus City. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I grew up in uh, Columbus, Ohio, um, a little suburb just northeast of it called Westerville. Um, so I grew up... Uh, around Buckeye football, Buckeye football Saturday. So <clears throat> college football was, uh, uh, was huge to me. Um, then I went to college in a, a small town in northern Ohio called Tiffin and uh, studied to be a broadcast journalist and just knew from a young age that that was what I wanted to do. Um, and then my news director uh, at WLTZ uh, at the time sent me an email when I was uh, applying on the job hunt after college. And it was Columbus, Georgia was the opportunity. And I knew that was right in the heartland of uh, SEC football. Uh, so took the opportunity to come down. And, yeah, so we made the joke. I moved down here with my now fiancé, and we made the joke that 
You know, everything is kind of like the Twilight Zone from where we moved. It still <laughs> says Columbus, you know, Police Department, Columbus Public Library. Everything still has has Columbus on it. So it's been a it's been an interesting transition, but uh, I really like it uh, in Columbus, GA, and I really like uh, the Auburn, Opelika area as well. And I find myself really, really lucky because we could start in a number of markets as journalists and uh, be able to start in a place where, you know, I get to cover Alabama, Georgia, I get to go to a college football playoff game, which is awesome, or cover it. Um, and our high schools here in the area, too, are really uh, quite incredible. I've covered a number of state championship runs and state championship titles. So really fortunate and just uh, just in my time down here in the South, man. So let's talk a little bit about where your love for journalism started. Yeah, uh, just uh, when I was uh, six or seven years old, you had a like microphone set. It had two microphones on each side, um, and where the it came out of the little box. So it had a cord that was connected, and it came out of that box. And what I would do is I would go. I knew how to keep a score of baseball games at a young age, and I grew up with my dad as a baseball coach. I played a played a lot of baseball growing up, and uh, basically, Reds games would come on at about seven o'clock in uh, Westerville, Ohio, and I would sit down with a scorebook and that microphone, I would just announce Reds games. Um, that's really where it all started for me. Um, and my parents kind of mentioned that, uh, you know, for a seven-year-old, they couldn't really, you know, believe that I was picking up things like the scorebook and all this kind of stuff. And so I just kind of gravitated towards the announcers uh, during games and stuff like that. I know a lot of people see the touchdown and they want to be that player. For some reason, I don't know what it was. I always listened to the of the moment in the big game. Um, the kicks and Jordan Hare being one of those where uh, I was watching and then heard that radio call, Bramlett, mm-hmm. and then just it was like that is exactly what I want to do. I never saw myself as a player returning that. I never saw myself as a player getting a strikeout to end the inning with the bases loaded. The announcer making the call—that's what stood out to me when I was younger. So I would just announce different games that were on the television growing up. I would do my own rendition of Sports Center with my own <laughs> sign in the background and have my mom film it um, when I was you know, 9 and 10 years old. And so I just always really knew that I wanted to do that and wanted to pursue that in college. And when I got to college, I've always been fortunate. I've always had some really good people around me and a good uh, group of support. And uh, when I got to college, I had the idea to do some of those things for real got the, the, my first opportunity outside of college programming was with a radio station, the best call signs that I'll ever work for, WTTF, <laughs> and uh, they operated out of Tiffin, Ohio, and they gave me my start calling Tiffin High School football games as well as the Heidelberg Saturday game. When I was a junior, I was their color analyst for football, and when I was a senior in college, I was a play-by-play guy. Um, and I loved it. I loved the opportunity to uh, – that was the first time I actually got close with the team and saw a media uh, relationship and how it worked with uh, the head coach of the Heidelberg football team and and with, uh, you know, Tiffin as well. So kind of saw how that got to, got to work. Kind of started with, uh, you know, watching the games and, and announcing them myself, putting them on mute, and, uh, and then – just just sort of gravitated towards the call uh, of a game instead of with the player making the play. 
I'm going to back up a, a little bit further, but um, Heidelberg uh, media director up there, Nathan Cudietta, who I still talk to once a week, he just told me after I was at the radio station with WTCS, and he said the best way to go now is to be a local TV sports anchor and reporter. And so that's now what I, I've done for two years here in uh, Columbus, Georgia. And uh, so I've been very fortunate that I've had uh, – I think it's, it's a great fortune to have something that you know you've wanted to do. Because something I was around with my friends, and and they all didn't know what they wanted to do, so it, it was hard for them to apply themselves in ways that I applied myself sometimes in in college, just knowing that that's what I wanted to do. I didn't have a second guess about it. Versus a lot of people will go to college and try to figure out what exactly it is that I want to do. I've, I've been very fortunate my whole life on two fronts. I've always known what I've wanted to do, and I've had a great system of support to to get to my goals and i think in this industry that second one is is ever so important because uh, it can be hard but but yeah so i've just been really fortunate knowing what i've wanted to do and then i've had a great group of people who if i didn't have them i'm not sure i'd be uh, in columbus georgia doing a uh, tv sports anchoring let's talk about earlier where you were saying that every day is a very fast-paced environment Break break down for us how you go how you get the information um, of an event of uh, breaking news something like that um, and then just bring down the process of getting that information going out and getting it um, just kind of your whole reporter process. Well, I think uh, you had Brandon Marcello on the show not too long ago, right? I did indeed. Yes, so that man is probably going to be better at, at talking about breaking stories than uh, than I am because a lot of it is what I get but but you know Brandon uh, is one of those people um, really a lot of information comes through social media um, that's how it's changed and so you can get a message out through social media which is great and you can break stories yourself but you can also gather things that are going around um, so in a in a normal day uh, say you get in you know two or three in the afternoon, which sounds kind of late, but that's, that's the time, uh, six o'clock news, uh, you're prepping that, prepping the six o'clock news. And then you're there until, uh, until midnight, but you get in and it's just, you hit the ground running. There's a lot of elements. There's video with every story. You got to write the script, but it's more than just writing. It's also writing and then rewriting it to, uh, to best tell that story. And then you're just looking for anything that is breaking during that day. Um, sometimes it can just be, well, You'll know what's going on. As a guest, Malzahn talks at one o'clock, so I'll have I'll have his latest update on the quarterback battle, and then Nick Saban also talks at four, so that will you know come down at four thirty or whatever the case, or um, odd context that will send me uh, his press conference, and uh, you break down the presser and and you go in and get your sound bites and get the stories of the day, and and you really are just a lot of it is research. Um, you know you can't be in. Tuscaloosa and Athens and Auburn on a given day bouncing around from their camps. So a lot of it you depend on other people, uh, you know, that were there. If you were there, that's great. You got your own information. But a lot of it can be researched and attribution um, on air, which uh, I've attributed uh, Brandon Marcello a few times. But um, so a lot of it is just hounding, and as, as weird as it sounds, a lot of it is hounding Twitter. Uh, sports seems to be taking over Twitter. Um, there's a lot of data to uh, suggest that. Uh, a lot of people are getting more news stuff from Facebook. Um, so a lot of it is hounding Twitter, and you, you personalize who you follow, and, 
And uh, if you have people that you know are uh, good journalists and you can trust their sources, uh, you follow them as well because they might break a story. And then for breaking stories on your own, and that's more where uh, high school kind of comes into play for us um, and a little bit of the colleges as well, but you create contacts and you create contacts by getting out there and getting stories and and having a conversation and uh, exchanging numbers. And then in, in that regard, they uh, if something is going on, they can reach out to you. They feel comfortable reaching out to you, and, and they want to reach out to you. So if we got a kid in the area, like a couple of weeks ago, Tank Bigsby, who uh, is from Callaway and four-star running back committed to Auburn, you know, it's our relationships that we've grown at WLTZ is to them reaching out and telling us. And, and then if there's a, a player injury, you know, at uh, schools, you can reach out and uh, see what the status is of that player and then run a run an update that way. So a lot of it is uh, gathering information from the places you can't be. And then where you are in your as a local sports anchor and reporter in your DMA, your designated market area, it's developing those relationships so that you can reach out to a coach. And, and they have to trust you, too. You know, they have to trust you then as if things are off the record, things are off the record. And if they want to just have a conversation with you, they're just having a conversation with you. But let's say a star running back goes down, like what happened at Brookstone in the scrimmage the other night. You know, you got people over there you can text, and uh, it's always unfortunate to see that. And But, you know, there's contacts over there that you can text and uh, get the analysis of what the injury status is. So that's all how you get the stories, and you are searching for the freshest information. And Because news can be so old so quick these days. Um, you know, if a, if a tweet was three hours ago, it almost feels like old news now. It's a, it's a complete 24-hour news cycle. So you're always searching for the freshest uh, content. And a lot of times, and what we do after the shows a lot, is the best way to get fresh content is to go out and shoot the games that are going on. And I think that's what I like the most is getting out there to the games and, and filming them and, uh, and then coming back to do those highlights because those kids work really hard. Um, and it's cool that we get to, if they get a touchdown, they get to have their moment. They make the big three-pointer. They get to have their moment. And they worked really hard, and they deserve that coverage. Um, and, and that's, I think, what I enjoy the most. I love doing the uh, 10 and 11 o'clock shows that we do to put our athletes in a spot like that, like that from the games because, just like a coach will tell you, a lot of that goes into preparation that they've done to have their moment. You hear a lot of the same names on Friday night in the area because of how hard those kids have worked. And I think that's part of the rewarding factors of the job is, yeah, it's really fast-paced, but you get, a, you get to put a spotlight on a kid who otherwise, if it wasn't for TV stations here or us, might not get that spotlight. And I think that's probably one of the most rewarding parts of the job. So it is very fast-paced. It is very quick, and you're constantly looking for the freshest source of information. But, but yeah, it is uh, definitely a rewarding process day in and day out. Was there a learning curve for you to try to figure out how to work all that process, or do you feel like college did a good job of preparing you? Just kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, there was definitely a learning curve to uh, to uh, actually a funny story. Um, when I got in, it was the first week that I was here was the first Friday night football show that we had, so it was it was trial by fire. And then at WLTZ, we do a War Eagle Week, which is coming up August 26th through the 30th this year. We cover everything Auburn leading up to that first game. This year, it'll be against Oregon and Dallas, Texas. Um, and there was definitely a learning curve. I mean, I was getting, I was, when I first started, if I got in at noon, 
and was there till midnight. That was a short day just because it took me so long to get all of that information uh, and be able to do it, to make the video, to support the words that you're saying. Um, now it's kind of mindless for me. I do it. I can do it a lot faster than when I first came in. But to, to put it in simple context from college and to the job and what I would tell any college student who really wants to do uh, be in TV at any level, whether it's producing or anchoring or reporting, whatever it is, I would say push yourself harder than what the syllabus is dictating you to do. Because in college, you may have a week to turn a vote thought. But breaking news happens all the time, and you, and you can't push the news back. You can't say, well, this happened just a little bit ago. Can we push the news back to 6.45 instead of 6? The news goes on at 6 o'clock every day. So you are under pressure, and you have to act really fast. Um, so that is the biggest difference is a lot of the groundwork was laid in college, but a lot of the day-to-day things and a lot of the um, fast-paced nature of the business wasn't laid out in college so you know how to edit you know how to shoot but do you know how to shoot something and then turn it for a newscast in an hour that was the biggest difference that was the biggest learning curve that came uh when i got into the industry and that's why the early days it's like about any job you get on it there you know there's so much you got to learn and and everything is new and and so that was probably the hardest part was i remember leaving work my first day that I was anchoring and just thinking, I feel like I just did a semester of work in college. And it's because, you know, you turn a, you turn a package and a couple of bow um, thoughts, which are just, you know, you're talking and then go to a soundbite from an interview. It's the, the, that is, you know, that's like that. You may have a few weeks to do uh, an assignment like that in college. And then you just did it in a day. And then all of that is now old news. It's on your website and you've got a whole nother new day tomorrow. So that was the biggest learning curve, I think, going from college. College laid the groundwork. I see you know how to shoot, you know how to edit, and you know how to write a little bit. But now we're doing it every day, and we're doing larger assignments, bigger stories, and and, and more fast-paced. So that was the daily nature of quickly turning things was the biggest, the biggest change and the biggest learning curve I had to get used to. So two-part question here. Um... Going off of things that you've learned about, what do you think is the number one thing that you've learned? Uh, that's part one. And then uh, part two, what is one thing that has surprised you since you've started this job here in Columbus? Boy, man, that's a tough one. The biggest thing that I have learned, um, I think there's a number of things that you could point to and say that they're they're huge um, in nature, like uh, – like just also forwarding things to social media in our industry where local TV and just being flat out honest isn't what it used to be. It doesn't drive the people like it used to in the 90s. That's how people used to get their information. People used to wake up and get scores from games on a newspaper. Uh, and it, it, that just seems so mind-blowing now that a game could happen. It wasn't on TV, so you have to wait till tomorrow to see that score in the newspaper. And if the game was on the West Coast, you might be out of luck if you're on the East Coast or in the Central Time District to get it. So I think being fast-paced, getting things out to social media, and adapting to a 24-hour news cycle has been one thing. But I would say, above all, it's, it's connections and how you go out and you know establish yourself almost. I think that is, that is the biggest thing with this job. And 
it will always be the most rewarding as well is, is how you go out and you, you know, talk to coaches and talk to players and get to tell their story and being trusted to tell their story is, is also a huge thing. So I think without a doubt, it, it's the, it's the connections that you make, I think is the most important part about this job and also the most, the most rewarding. Um, people can tell when you're not authentic uh, and you got to be yourself. And I think if people aren't trusting you or aren't feeling an interview or, or you know, that is the, that is, it's going to come across on air. Um, so I think getting out there and being able to just talk with coaches, talk with players and all that, uh, I think is the number one thing uh, on the job as far as importance, because that in turn tells you if they're going to watch and it tells you if they're going to trust you to come around and, and, and do a story on them. And I think, uh, what was the second question? Uh, just what surprised you the most since you've started this job? Man, what has surprised me the most? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> nothing surprised me about SEC football. I knew that was <laughs> legit. Um, Georgia and Alabama playing for a championship, that was a little bit uh, surprising. But I think the most, surpri- I'll say, I'll just say the most surprising thing about the job was how how serious people can be about high school sports here. You know, when I grew up in Columbus, there was a, uh, wasn't a huge precedence on it. My school also went 0 and 40 in high school football during the time I was there, but we had the best student section in central Ohio. How, how we got that, I don't know, but <laughs> the importance on high school sports, I think is what, what, what surprised me uh, a little bit. I want maybe, maybe the most, but the, the talent in the area is the reason why you go out to these games and, you know, last night we were at Troop, uh, Troop County watching Kobe Hudson play, committed to Auburn, um, and he's at the quarterback position for Troop County. I believe he'll be a wide receiver for Auburn. But, you know, it's like you see these, and, and then you see the importance of it and how hard that they have worked, and then you get to tell that highlight. But that, I think, is the most important thing, that you have to get that information correct. You have to, you know, tell the story of the game correct, and then you also have to – uh, tell us, get the scores and gather that information. It's not just, you know, some, I think some people might think high school and then they think, oh, well, it's just high school football. But no, these kids are playing to get recruited. They're playing to go to college for free. They're playing to have their, you know, academics paid for. That's a huge asset. They're playing for a lot. And, you know, it's important to get those things right. So I think how serious high school sports were, because I wasn't really in that industry. I played, I played high school golf and then we did the games on the radio and stuff like that. But down here, the emphasis and the importance and the, the level of high school football and high school athletics really as a whole, I think is what surprised me the most. Just because of nature of where I grew up, that wasn't really the precedent. But now, I mean, people tune in on Friday because they want to see the high schools and they want to see that, that four-star quarterback from Troop County. If you're a Troop County fan, you got to see three or four touchdowns on air last night. But if you're an Auburn fan, you got to take a look at who you're getting next year to come play for Gus Malzahn and the Tigers, and you might be watching in Jordan-Hare Stadium. So I think that, you know, then, that, then that's got a bubble effect. And what does he do at Auburn, you know, and, and those kind of things. So I think that is what surprised me the most. It's just not just, hey, look at that play. Isn't that great? It's, it's important, and it's, you got to describe what's going on. you got to get that score right, and uh, it's big. It's big time for these kids. And uh, they take it really seriously down here, and this is – this is a great spot. It's the best athletes in the country, uh, in the Southeast. That's why coaches from the Big Ten, Pac-12, 
they try to make trips over here. In Columbus, Georgia, Auburn, Opelika, uh, Troop County, Manchester, Eufaula, um, they're those places, and they have some of the best athletes in the country. And so I think that is what surprised me the most is the level that it took to. Um, just because of where I grew up, there were great athletes, but I wasn't necessarily around it that much in Central Ohio. And then the precedence on, on the high school side of things, I think, is what definitely surprised me the most. So obviously in your job, you interact with a ton of people all the time. What to you is the key to interacting with so many people, keeping in their good graces, establish, establishing that trust like you were talking about earlier? What do you use the key to that? I think the biggest thing is just being yourself. Um, you know, people can always tell if you're not authentic, and authenticity is the best way to uh, grow your brand and just, you know, let people see who you are uh, is the big thing. You know, if they only see who you are on TV, um, you know, then you got to go out there and, and, and meet them and, and just continue to be yourself. You know, that's, I, I look at my sports cast the same way. That's just who I am. You know, I might throw a cheesy joke in there. I hope you feel informed. I hope I made you laugh, and I hope you saw something cool. That's the three things I want to do every day with my, with my sports cast. Um, and when you go out there and you meet people, I find the best part is talking to coaches, talking to players off the record, and, and holding that as well. And just, you know, if you go into a game where they'll say something on camera, and then I'll talk to the coach, and they might say something like, we have to play out of our mind if we want to compete with this team on Friday or on Saturday, you know, whatever the case is. Um, so I think being able to talk, and then it's also knowledge as well, being knowledgeable enough to hold a conversation. Um, you know, it's like I went in uh, the other day and uh, talked with Jamie Dubose, head coach of Central. And before we started our interview, he talked about the difficulty of, you know, repeating as a state champion. Um, and how they, his team went from the hunter to the hunted. Everybody's going to give Central Red Devils their best shot on Friday night. And as he said in the interview, they're going to do things that their team hasn't seen before because they're just going to unload all their weapons at them. And we talked a little bit about coaches that have, you know, influenced uh, him and the people that I, I, I look up to as well, like Nick Saban and, and Urban Meyer and, and the messages that they come across. So I think the biggest thing when you're – out there and, and talking is not just the interview, but, but the conversation that you have. And then to, to keep up to date on, on the players. And it always, it, 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 it hurts when I go to a game and I see like a player get hurt. And I genuinely, I want to know how that player is. So I might text their coach and find out how is this kid doing? Cause I saw that, that brutal injury and he's got a bright future, you know, and I think showing that being yourself and showing that you do care, and that you're not just there for a soundbite or for somebody to watch or for somebody to click on your headline. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. And it, it sound, it, it's, it's really easy as long as you're just yourself and, and you're just, and you're not trying to just get a click or anything like that. You're actually there because you want to be there and you enjoy it. And that's part of, that's part of the job I feel lucky about is that there are very few days where I don't come home and say, I, I enjoy pretty much every part of the day and there's, there's stress and there's deadlines, but, most of it is enjoyable. So talking with a bunch of people and getting out there is, is, is the best part of the job. And, and then it results in a lot of good things, kind of like you're saying, just from, you know, being yourself and, and being there for more than just the story, you know, being there to talk and, 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 uh, and uh, 
you know, create that connection and, and just, like I said, being yourself. So I think that's, that's how you make uh, good interactions with people and uh, hopefully good impressions. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely don't want to exploit anybody just for, just for a click. Oh, exactly. And in sports, that's not a, uh, an issue really, you know, in sports, we're always there for, for the good story and, and everything like that. It's like the old phrase that my dad always says, people will read the uh, sports because they hear, want to hear about man's accomplishments. People will read the news. It's man's shortcomings. So unfortunately, that's what makes news headlines, but sports is a little different. So I feel lucky in, in that regard that, you know, I don't have to, you know, cover uh, a breaking news event that was a tragedy or anything like that. And, and that's, why, that's why I do sports, because we get to put people in awesome lights and we get to spotlight people. So that's why I like that's why I like doing sports, and um, and you have to also uphold that integrity. I can't say this team is the greatest ever if they're one and nine, you know. So so you do have you do have those sort of balances, but but yeah. So that's why I mean with sports, that's that's the cool thing is you're you're more or less talking about accomplishments versus other parts of the newscast can be about some unfortunate things. So I know earlier you were talking about how TV news has kind of gone away from being what everyone goes to automatically first to get their news, um, scores, et cetera. How have you, and how is, how has everyone at your, um, at your news station started to adjust things to try to be able to reach people more? What are you guys doing to adapt? Boy, I think there's a lot of people in this industry asking themselves that question every day, Matt. Um, the biggest thing I can say is what will drive viewers to your newscast uh, isn't necessarily the Braves. Uh, the Braves we want to show because pretty much everybody in the Southeast, that's their team. You know, the Braves moved the meter from uh, Louisiana to North Carolina. Um, but they have so many outlets to get the Braves. They can watch the game live. They can watch the highlights. They, they probably follow the Braves on Twitter, on social media, and pretty much every run they score, they're putting it out there, or at least a gif, saying that Josh Donaldson drives in another run. The Braves now lead 5-3. to three. So that's not we can give you that, but where we're going to drive urgency for people to get to their TV and watch the newscast is we went out and interviewed you and made you our Scholar Athlete of the Week. And we put a highlight on the student athlete and that story. Um, of you and how you balance, you know, having a 4.1 and also being the star player on your soccer team. Um, that is something that drives people because nobody else is getting it. You know, and it's like, I think I saw the other day there was a, or yesterday, there was a fire in um, a, a motel complex or something like that in Phoenix City. That's not going to be anywhere else either. So the biggest thing to combat that is to, just get the best local product out there that you can get. Um, for me, that's high school sports because um, they can get their Alabama sports, they can get their Auburn sports, and they can get their Georgia sports elsewhere. Now, we're still going to cover them, and we're going to do our best job to cover them. I'm going to try to give you something that you may not have heard um, from the other outlets when, we, when it comes to those things, and we all live for Nick Saban sound bites as well. But, um, <laughs> but I think in high school, you – you win there. And because nobody else is putting that out there, you know, if you have that highlight of that game, it's just the local channels doing it. ESPN doesn't also have the coverage. You're not getting a push notification that says Brookstone beat Shaw 17 to seven. So that's how you combat it is you're just 
putting a demand on you're getting stuff that people can't get elsewhere, basically. And that's the whole basis of local news, um, even though people have so many different outlets. And, and entertainment is the biggest thing. When you're watching TV, for the most part, you want to be entertained or informed or, you know, really into something. And so we have to balance that as well. You have to entertain. You have to inform. And really in local news, you have to be local. You have to tell the stories of, you know, your neighbors, your community, and uh, because people can't get that elsewhere besides their local news. So unfortunately, there's a ton of outlets that, well, fortunately, unfortunately, there's a ton of outlets that people can get stuff from. And so I think that question you asked originally is something that GMs of TV stations, CEOs of, of ownership groups uh, for broadcasting, um, I think they're asking themselves that every day, and it is getting more difficult every day. Um, so it is an uphill battle. But the way you combat that is you go out and you do the best local news product that you can do and just hope you're driving viewers to your newscast. Absolutely. You do kind of have that little um, kind of an oxymoron to where you, you, you have this great opportunity because you have all these outlets, but because you have all these outlets to push out your own news, you know, other people also have those outlets to go to other, other sources of news. So right, I, definitely, exactly. I definitely see where that comes from. So right. we've talked, yeah. So we've talked a lot about you and your career and your job, but that's not all of who you are. I, I do realize that. What is real quick, just one life advice lesson that you've learned from outside of work that you think would be beneficial to someone? Well, uh, outside of work, you know, I uh, moved down here with uh, my now fiance, and uh, we adopted a dog very shortly after that. I'm actually out here on the patio with my dog right now. He loves the heat. He's from here. We're not. We're from Ohio. <laughs> but uh, the biggest advice, I think, you know, I'm young. I don't, ha- I don't have a, uh, you know, uh, tell-all book yet. Uh, hopefully that could come down the road. But uh, the biggest um, advice that I could say that I've noticed um, is if you have a good support group and you have people that you trust um, to help you make decisions, don't make big decisions or even some of the semi-big decisions alone. I think we can kind of get trapped in thinking that we know best about ourselves. And I know a lot of successful people talk a lot about self-awareness. Um, and I think the best way to do things is, you know, people that see you day in and day out, people that see you week in and week out, they might be able to point you in a direction that you need to go. So if you have a big decision to make, um, and it can be personal, it can be career-related, I think the biggest thing is, is talking with the people that you trust and you, you think can lead you in the right direction. Decision-making is going to put a very – it's things that in management positions people do all the time. And with every decision comes an outcome. And that outcome can be good or bad or somewhere in between. I mean, we've all probably had decisions in our life where we look back and go, man, I really should have done that instead of this or something like that. So I think the best way to go about it is to be open-minded and try to make important decisions with people that you trust. And just listen. Don't have a, a guided opinion of your own. Have where you stand, but also listen to the people who know you best and help 
let them help you make that decision. And also, that's your support group, and they might be uh, almost even, as weird as it sounds, more knowledgeable than yourself on what you might need to hear. So I think that is the biggest thing that I've learned, because I, I always had part-time jobs in, in college and in high school, and really WLTZ was my first, well, it was my first full-time TV gig. And, you know, these decisions that come with it and, and then personal decisions as well. I think the biggest thing is going to who you trust. You know, it's like, and to make a football analogy, it's like a head coach always has a great group of assistants. Uh, and Nick Saban, for instance, his assistant coaches are now head coaches all over the SEC. Um, and so he knows to have a successful football program. I can't do everything. I can't be with the quarterbacks for two hours during practice and the linebackers for two hours during practice and the defensive backs. So he puts the best possible people around him that he knows and trusts to lead Alabama football to their, to another national championship um, and play at the highest level. And so for in life, I think that's the biggest thing is who do you look to, to help you make big decisions in your life when there's a fork in the road and rather it's personal or work related if you can, don't make that decision alone. And, and that's what I've learned. And you have to do it with people that you trust. But that's what I've learned um, is the best way to do it. Because we all have this you know, opinion of ourselves internally, but other people might even know us better, uh, the, the blind spot, so to speak. And so that, I think, is single-handedly, I think, uh, the, the, biggest, the biggest life advice, I guess you could say, in my short 25 years and short years and being a uh, balancing full-time work and, and a fiance and home responsibilities and all that. That's the, that's the biggest thing I would say. Yeah. Well, obviously I'm sure your fiance does a lot of that, um, gives you a lot of that company and advice as well. Um, for all the mm -hmm. people who love the romance out there, why don't you tell us, uh, how, how that proposal happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, that's, uh, I've, I've been really fortunate. I met uh, my fiance when I was, uh, we were in between our freshman and sophomore years of college. Uh, she went to uh, Ohio State, the Ohio State, uh, and I went to uh, Heidelberg. And uh, we met the summer uh, in between our freshman and sophomore year of college, and we hit it off, and we went into that next year um, dating. And now it's been, now it has been uh, uh, five years, and the biggest uh, thing for us was, uh, you know, on the weekends, our schools were only an hour and a half apart. So on the weekends, we would go see each other. A lot of time I would go down to Ohio State with her. And uh, her roommate had, um, uh, didn't want to go to Buckeye games, but had the ability to buy season tickets. So she would buy, her roommate would buy season tickets, and my fiance would buy season tickets. And then I would pay the roommate for season tickets. And so we would go to Buckeye games all the time. And that was the highlight of our weekend, getting in the shoe and, and watching the game and just enjoying ourselves and finally getting a day together after a busy week or something like that. And, and, uh, so then fast forward now to, you know, the proposal last, uh, November, um, we were going back to Ohio state for a game against Nebraska. And I knew I was going to propose then and, uh, did it at one of uh, the more memorable spots, um, for us on campus that had some great memories at Ohio state called Mirror Lake. Um, so just, uh, proposed right there. And I don't know why, but fortunately she said, yes. 
<laughs> and uh, so we'll be we'll be getting married uh, in uh, the summer of uh, of 2020 back home and in Ohio. And I think if you talk to a lot of other sports anchors and reporters who are on this journey um, alone, uh, you know, it's one of the things that I'm very, very, very fortunate with. I don't know if I can put into words the gratitude I have towards her for wanting to follow us sports anchor to the you know to a part of the country that you've never been before mm. the summers are hot and humid and you don't have a job there yet but you trust yourself to get a job and um after i got the call to work down here and she did and she's got a really good job and and so that in that sense has been so easy and so much fun um and it's really helped me uh, have a support system down here versus I know a lot of young and you can ask it's not even just in sports young news reporters and anchors who are going from city to city uh, uh, you know by themselves and after a long hard day you know they come home and sleep and then they got to do it again tomorrow and so um, I'm very lucky in that sense I have somebody who decided to uh, follow this journey uh, with me and uh, makes it uh, so much fun doing it. As you're moving forward into the future, what are you looking forward to? Obviously, of course, uh, getting married, I, I would assume. But uh, is there anything else besides that that you're kind of looking forward to in the future? Career, career-wise? career Sure, we'll go career-wise. Um, yeah, I think um, in the future, in the short term, I'm, I'm looking forward to the football season. Um, you know, getting out there and seeing all the uh, – all the high school games and then going to the college games on Saturday, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but in the future, on a career note, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, um, next moves that I can make. I know part of the hard part about this business is two people, um, you know, our chief meteorologist who I was really close with and our um, uh, sports anchor and reporter that works with me at WLTZ just, you know, moved on. And um, our uh, fellow sports anchor reporter, Brooke Kirchhofer, she moved to uh, Baton Rouge. Um, wasn't an easy goodbye, but that's, that's good for her. It's a, it's a great move. And so part of the industry is, you know, in corporate America, you get into a company and you want to climb the ladder of that company. In broadcast, you get into a city and you get the, some experience um, in a smaller city, and then you want to move somewhere bigger. That's the promotion. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see where that next chapter will lead to. Um, and, and what that will entail at, at the next place. I'm sure there'll be a ton more things I can learn there. And I really, I'm just looking forward to continuing to be in sports and, and telling those stories. Um, and like I said, they're all about accomplishments normally in sports, which is, which is fun to me. Um, so I'm looking forward to where that goes down the road and uh, how far you know I can take myself uh, will be determined on uh, continued work ethic and, and those kind of things to make the next jump to a uh, bigger uh, market. So I'm looking forward to that and in the long term and in the short term, I can say I'm looking forward to some more football here in uh, the Columbus, Auburn, Opelika area. Um, there are some great matchups when you look on the calendar that I can't wait to be at uh, live on a Friday and, and getting those games, getting those highlights and, and presenting them on our uh, football Friday night show touchdown tonight. So in the short term, I cannot wait for football season. And in the long term, I'm excited to see where the next place ends up. And I think that's an exciting part about the job is that you can, I don't know, you know, it could, it could be on the West coast, could be on the East coast. It could be up North, could be still down South. And I think that's exciting in its way too. So I'm long-term excited for where the next step will take me when, when that time comes. 
And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome, man. Well, again, we've been here with Scott Carpenter. Scott, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you or your work? Yeah, catch uh, Monday through Friday, uh, anchoring the 6, 10, and 11 p.m. Eastern newscast uh, on WLTZ First News, NBC 38. I hope you're entertained, informed, and hope I made you laugh one time. But you can mm-hmm. catch me on there talking about all the sports in the area, the college sports, the high school sports, and a little bit of professional sports as well. All righty. Well, Scott, again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll go hey, ahead. Matt, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, I'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, thank you to Kicker 97.7 for letting us use their studios. And then you can find more of our episodes of the podcast on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or Stitcher. And have a great day. God bless and bye-bye.